Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple of months, you've heard all about the GameTime app and how it can save you some serious cash on last minute tickets to sports, concerts, and all types of shows. Actually, we're down here in LA. Our hotel is right next to the Staples Center and I was able to score some pretty awesome uh, LA Kings, Philadelphia Flyers hockey tickets for uh, uh, tomorrow night, New Year's Eve. It's gonna be me by myself and, and this is getting depressing, but it's not depressing because of how much I paid for those tickets because the game time really helped me out. So if you would like help getting the best deals on tickets, game time is hooking you up for the holidays with a $10 credit. Here's what to do. Download the game time app in the Google Play or App Store, click on the My Tickets section of the app, create an account, then under the billing section, redeem code the athletic that's all one word once again that's the athletic for ten dollars off your first purchase that's free money people credit is only available to the first thousand people who redeem the code and it expires at the end of the year that's december 31st 2019 so get in here make some moves quick and score last minute tickets Stop. It never rains at Austin Stadium. Hey, happy Monday, everyone, and welcome to the It Never Rains podcast. Tyson Alger here joining you from the LA Live Residence Inn here. Uh, it's Rose Bowl week, Oregon Place, Wisconsin. In two days, we just got back from the big official media day. And uh, I'm joined here by a special guest. We have Jesse Temple. He's our Wisconsin beat writer at The Athletic. Uh, you can find all his stuff on there. It's it's fantastic. It's kind of frustratingly fantastic that all his stuff's pretty darn good all the time. Anyways, Jesse, I'll, I'll quit blowing smoke here. How's that, how's that Rose Bowl week been for you so far? No complaints whatsoever. It's sunny outside. It usually beats Wisconsin in December, although I think it's pretty nice out there this time of year. I'll take the Rose Bowl every year. Yeah, it was it was kind of funny taking the, the bus out there this morning and there was a lot of people in, in jackets because it's been, I don't know, it was maybe like in the low 50s this morning. But um, I imagine, especially coming from Wisconsin and, and coming from Oregon where it's, it's been pouring rain for the last uh, four months or so, uh, I, I was I was pretty, pretty pleased with everything. Yeah, uh, I have don't have a single complaint i mean they they treat media very well at the rose bowl not that anyone listening probably cares very much about that but uh they, there's a lot of player access so it gives us an opportunity to tell some really good stories and that's what i look forward to most so so one story uh i was, I was talking to you a couple of days ago about you know what you were working on and and what um kind of the the feeling around this wisconsin rose bowl appearance was and uh, you said you were you were working on a, a story about just like what what it kind of means that they're playing in this Rose Bowl without actually being the conference champion and, and just kind of um, you know the the potential behind that. Um, what 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 kind of have you found in writing and reporting that story and 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 how do the Badgers feel about this this game coming up? Well, the the thing about the Rose Bowl is that it means more to Wisconsin than any bowl game that exists. Now it has changed because the college football playoff uh, came into existence in 2014. But before that, as we all know, the Rose Bowl was, uh, well, that's why they call it the granddaddy of them all. You win the Big Ten, you get to go to the Rose Bowl. And Barry Alvarez, who's now the athletics director at Wisconsin, is responsible for turning around the program into what it is now because they were a terrible program, one of the worst in the conference. And then he arrived in 1990, and four years later, they won the Rose Bowl. It was m remarkable. He won three Rose Bowls. And so, 
Um, every, anywhere the players go in the building, they see imagery of the Rose Bowl. Barry Alvarez always talks about the Rose Bowl. Um, but you're right, it is, it's a little bit different dynamic this year because of the college football playoff era we are in. Ohio State won the Big Ten Championship and went to the college football playoff. And so that left Wisconsin as the runner-up, but yet still going to the Rose Bowl. So this is the 10th time Wisconsin will play in the Rose Bowl, but the first time that they didn't actually win the Big Ten. Uh, Having said all that, I think if Wisconsin wins this game, it will have to be remembered as, I think, maybe the second best season they've had in the last 20 years since they last won the Rose Bowl, which was the 1999 season. That was a Barry Alvarez coach team. That was Ron Dane's last game when he won his second MVP honors. And I say that because uh, of how significant the Rose Bowl is to Wisconsin's program. They've had a ton of good teams. They consistently win 10 games. Um, but you win the Rose Bowl, and it just puts you into a different category. Players have even talked in the in the weeks leading up to this game about how they want to come back 20 years from now and have people talk about this team and have them be celebrated like they, the teams from 20 years ago were celebrated. They came back for a reunion in November. So – uh, this is a really big deal for Wisconsin, and I said I think it'll be the second greatest season they've had behind the one they had two years ago when they won a school record 13 games and beat Miami in the Orange Bowl. And, and you know, I think that's saying something because there have been some awfully good teams with guys like J.J. Watt and Russell Wilson and Monty Ball, uh, but those teams didn't win the Rose Bowl. I'm, I'm I'm curious about the the Wisconsin fan base. In okay, so what happened this year with Oregon was I, I think if people would have. Uh, um, had the prospect of the Rose Bowl at the start of the year, I think everyone, um, most Oregon fans would have been jacked about it, especially just in Mario Cristobal's second year. Uh, but then this funny thing happened kind of towards the tail end of October, November. All of a sudden, they started getting in the playoff discussion. And that was a, a wild two weeks of like, oh, man, like they might actually have to pay attention to this. And then they lost to Arizona State. And that felt like kind of like a real big gut punch to the fan base and, and interest waned a little bit. Because I, I think Oregon fans got excited and kind of started overlooking the Rose Bowl, but with Wisconsin's fan base, are they are they a fan base that like wants and expects the playoff, or or is it like you just said, where this is a, a major traditional game for them that that has a lot of storied history? Like like where do where do they kind of fall on on that spectrum? I think Wisconsin as a football program is in an interesting place because if you ask any fan of the program who was there in the '80s when they were terrible they would have done anything for the opportunity to watch Wisconsin play in one Rose Bowl. Well, expectations change. And Wisconsin has been a consistent power in the Big Ten West now that they have this East-West divisional split. Obviously, the Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, and even Michigan States of the world are in the East Division. So Wisconsin has been dominant uh, in a lot of seasons. And so the expectation at Wisconsin is that you win the Big Ten West you play in the conference championship game and you give yourself an opportunity to either go to a Rose bowl or reach the college football playoff. But that's like the one thing Wisconsin has not been able to do despite all of its success is break into that next level and reach the college football playoff. I I think Wisconsin fans are realistic enough to understand where things are right now because the road to the playoff in the big 10, at least for the foreseeable future appears to be going through Ohio state and Wisconsin is not at a place where it can consistently beat Ohio State. Every once in a while, the Badgers can give themselves a chance. They put a real scare into Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game, but a lot of things have to come together for that to happen. So uh, having said all that, I think the Rose Bowl is still a huge deal, and this is not something that happens every year. It's been seven years since Wisconsin was in the Rose Bowl, 
And uh, you mentioned Oregon and kind of the path that the Ducks took this year. I think Wisconsin is in a little bit different spot where they started the year and no one thought they'd be here, uh, but they got to 6-0. and And people are like, wow, maybe they're a playoff team. Right. But then they lost to Illinois and they were 30-point favorites. And then they lost to Ohio State. And so once they were 6-2, and this was the best case scenario. Uh, and, and so here they are. And that's why I think people are so excited about it. Well, what was the big catalyst to that Illinois loss? Because, you know, watching Oregon season this year, they, they did have some games where they looked like they could have been a playoff team. I, I thought their Pac-12 championship game win over Utah, that, that was by far the best I've seen them play all year. And I frankly, I, I think they could have gone toe-to-toe with almost anybody in the country based off how they played that game. But they, they maybe played that well two or three times this entire season. Like, how, how consistent is Wisconsin in – can the things that happened in that Illinois game, like have they fixed that? Have, have they been able to get through that? Or, I mean, just, just what's, what's the consistency level of this team? Uh, I would say they're generally an extremely consistent team. And this is my ninth season covering Wisconsin's football program. That lost Illinois was the most inexplicable loss I've ever seen. Huh. Uh, they were 30 and a half point favorites. We could go down on the field with eight minutes left at Illinois. And at that time, Wisconsin had a two possession lead and the ball. Jonathan Taylor, who's the two-time Doak Walker Award winner for nation's best running back, lost a fumble fighting for extra yardage in the red zone. So Illinois got the ball, went down, and scored a touchdown. And then Jack Cohn, the quarterback, who's only thrown a few interceptions all year, got ticked off, and Illinois kicked the game-winning field goal as time expired. Wisconsin outgained Illinois by over 100 yards. They had almost a 2-1 to time of possession lead. They did everything right except what happened in the last eight minutes. And so um, – I think I separate that game from some of the others because of the way they lost. Uh, But it did reveal some issues that this team had, specifically defensively. Uh, There were stretches where they gave up way too many big plays, and that was surprising because through the first six games, they had four shutouts. Now, it may not have been the greatest competition, but that was something that hadn't been done by an FBS team since Oklahoma 50 years ago. So we thought this is going to be a really special defense. I think they've cleaned up some of the issues. Uh, with the offensive line as well, they've pared it down to basically the same five linemen before they were rotating like four guards for two of the spots. And to me, they're one of the why they've had so much success is because they're consistent. You know what you're going to get, but they just out execute you. It's uh, it, it's been an interesting season for Oregon because I still think that nationally they get branded as an offensive school. And I mean, obviously Justin Herbert is is the big star of this team, and there's plenty of talk about uh, you know their offensive line and Penny Sewell. But uh, the defense, more often than the offense, was more consistent this year and, and carried the load um, substantially at times. Is 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 Wisconsin coming into this game uh, more concerned about? the the offense or or I mean or that has Oregon's defense done enough this year to kind of get get its name known uh nationally you're asking if they're more concerned about Oregon's defense or Oregon's offense yeah uh that's a good question I I I think if you ask the defensive guys they say they're concerned (laughs) about Oregon's offense and and vice versa um they know they've got a challenge you know this is not the basketball on grass version of Oregon that Wisconsin fans remember from the last time these two teams played right in the Rose bowl here eight years ago. That was, that was maybe the most phenomenal game I've seen. It's certainly up there It was 45 to 38. And it was like the last team that had the ball was going to win the game because they were going to score. You know, they're aware of the talent that Oregon has. They've got a really veteran offensive line as, 
anyone listening knows. And so I think the defense understands it has its work uh, cut out for it. And offensively, Wisconsin's got to be able to not only establish the run, which is something they generally do, but they've got to be multifaceted and take some deep shots down the field and have Jack Cohn be able to connect. They've done that in, in stretches, but Oregon is one of the top defenses in the country, so they know they've got their work cut out for them. What's, uh, what's your over-under on how many carries Taylor has in this game? Um, I'll set it at 22.5, and I'll take the over. I don't know. I'd probably take the over whatever number you gave me under <laughs> 25 or something <laughs> like that. I mean, I, and that's another thing. We all presume this is going to be the last game of his college career. He's a junior. He's accomplished everything individually that he possibly could outside of being a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, which is probably for another discussion. Um, he hasn't said publicly what he's going to do, but if he's a late first round pick, like a lot of people think, or even an early second round pick, then he's probably gone. And we've seen people in his, his position decide to not play in the bowl game and just pursue the, the NFL draft. But this game means a lot to him. Wisconsin running backs of the past have ended on a high note. I mentioned Ron Dane earning Rose Bowl MVP honors 20 years ago. Melvin Gordon, who was a first round pick was the Outback Bowl MVP five years ago. So, I think you're going to see Taylor early and often, and he's going to be motivated to perform well in what could be his last game at Wisconsin. How in the world have you not gotten a, a New York trip out of him over the last three years? Like, I think that's one of the most unbelievable things in college football with, with how good he's been in, in his career, the fact that he's never been one of the, the, the final whatever Heisman finalists. Well, <laughs> I wrote a column about this a couple of weeks ago when the, the Heisman finalists were announced that uh, it's really a shame that he wasn't able to be a finalist this year. Uh, you know, he, he finished sixth one year, he finished ninth another year, and he hasn't rushed for less than 1,909 yards in any season. <laughs> um, and, and this year he wound up finishing fifth, and they only took four players. And I, I understand the Heisman Trust's rationale is that they, they decided based on what those point totals are so if you're in fourth place and you're reasonably close to the third place finisher you're going to be a finalist if you're in fifth place and you're far away from the fourth place guy uh, you're not going to be a finalist and then my argument was that everybody knew going into this one that Joe Burrow from LSU was going to win the Heisman Trophy so it wasn't like Chase Young uh, you know Justin Fields or um, or uh, Jalen Hurts thought they were going to win so like it wasn't suspense about it and I feel like they should allow five guys to, to go every year to get that experience and, and allow a bigger pool of players to go without cheapening what it means to be a Heisman Trophy finalist. So that was my argument since he finished fifth. He should have been there. It's not a lifetime achievement award uh, because what he did this season uh, stood on its own merits. I mean, he had 26 total touchdowns. He was leading the FBS, and, uh, and he's got you know 1,900-plus yards again. So what more could you do? Most definitely. Well, hey, thanks, man. I, I really appreciate your time. Although, I've, I've, you know, we've been running into each other here in the hotel a bit. I, I assume you have uh, plenty of stuff that you're working on. If, if people want to, uh, to find your stuff, it's on Twitter. It's at Jesse Temple. On The Athletic, it's our Wisconsin stuff. Um, you, you have, I imagine you have, have something that you're, uh, that's published in tomorrow or the next day. Any, any little preview or anything that you can give us? Boy, that's a yeah, right now, I'm work, uh, right now I'm working on a story about uh, uh, the steps Wisconsin has taken during bowl prep to, to have some success because Wisconsin's coming into this game having won five straight bowl games uh, and all four bowl games since head coach Paul Chris took over the program. That's the longest active streak um, among Power Five programs, and 
I don't think it's a fluke. I think that they do a lot of things well in the lead-up to these games. They don't need any extra motivation for the Rose Bowl. There have probably been some other bowl games they've played in that you wondered whether they would be they would show up. But um, that's that's another story that's going to be publishing, but plenty of other stories uh, that have been on the site throughout the week from, from L.A. Awesome, awesome. Well, once again, that's Jesse Temple, the Athletics Wisconsin beat writer, Oregon and Wisconsin playing on Wednesday. We'll have plenty of awesome material on the Athletic in the coming days. Uh, thanks again for joining us, Jesse. Thanks, I can take care. Hey, just wanted to uh, thank Jesse again for joining us. Um, yeah, I, I kind of joked about it at the start of this, but his his stuff is is consistently just excellent, and I've enjoyed reading it this season. So uh, make sure to check it out because uh, he's got really good stuff up on uh, this week previewing the game. Uh, from my side of things, uh, if you haven't read it, please check out. I, I wrote a story about Ifo Ekpre Olomu. Uh, he was Oregon's. It, I mean, I'm sure you guys all know because this is the Oregon podcast, but. Um, he uh, this is the five year anniversary of when he suffered that pretty substantial knee injury that essentially kind of cut his career short. And uh, I met up with him over at Nike a couple weeks ago and was kind of blown away by just how um, happy and content and kind of at peace he's he is with his football career and his life. So um, please check that out if you if uh, you haven't. I, I put a lot of work into that one, and uh, I, I think you'll enjoy it. Um, as for the actual game. Uh, you know, I, I think at this point, everyone's read uh, just about everything you need to about this one. But I, I think these teams are evenly matched. I, I think if they can uh, uh, limit what Wisconsin does uh, through the air, I, I you know, um, they're a team that takes care of the football through the air. But I don't know if they can take the top off of this Oregon defense. And if that's the case, I, I do like Oregon's chances, even against a running back like Jonathan Taylor. Um I think Oregon's front seven has done an excellent just this job this season of, of limiting the run. And even if he does get, you know, his carries, uh, even if he's at 150, 175 yards or whatever, I, I do think that's going to come on a lot of carries. So if they can turn this offense one dimensional, I, I like Oregon's chances, especially with just how well they played in that Utah game. I, like, like I said, during the interview with Jesse, if Oregon plays, uh, like they did in that Utah game, there, there's few teams in this country that I think uh, uh, they'd be able to uh, um, struggle against, maybe outside of LSU, because LSU has absolutely just been dominating everybody, and I would would not want a part of that. Um, but yeah, hey, and, and just wanted to do a do a quick thanks for everyone who's listened to this podcast uh, throughout this season. Um, it's it's been uh, a really fun kind of uh, extra thing to do in addition to our writing. I, I think Aaron and I uh, uh, have, have certainly enjoyed it, and it gives us a, a different medium to uh, talk about uh, the Ducks and, and our material and, and just about everything. You guys haven't gotten overloaded with the Star Wars stuff yet, but um, hope everyone had a ho- happy holidays and uh, a fantastic new year. And I, I really do think we're going to have a really good game on our hands on Wednesday. So enjoy, everyone, and uh, we'll be back uh, shortly with another episode of uh, It Never Rains.